You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. One of the ladies, Lydia, was very wealthy. And she takes in Paul and all of his traveling party, Luke, Silas, Timothy, who else knows who was there? I don't know. To, and she would have had a villa style home, which was like a mansion at the time. She, and it would have been a bit of a small economic hub of the area because she was so wealthy. Paul and some of his team would have stayed there for some time, establishing the church. Uh, and she was, gonna, she was helping him. The length of stay was enough for Paul to develop a really strong relationship with this community of believers, likely aided by Luke, who stayed behind when Paul, Silas, and, T- and Timothy left. Um, and so the, the relationship with these ladies and with Paul and his team uh, was founded on this, this relationship of like giving and receiving all the time. You know, Lydia is giving, is being really generous. Paul is delivering truth and leading them into encounters with Jesus. Powerful. Paul, Silas, and Timothy eventually left after they cast a divining spirit out of a young slave girl, which caused an uprising in the local area. You can read about that in Acts as well. And this is the moment. And so Paul and Silas go to prison. That's That's a good day, isn't it? They go to prison, and this is that moment where they're singing and they're worshiping God in the middle of the prison. A massive earthquake hits, and all the chains fall off people. The doors fly open. The jailer is about to kill himself. But they all say, stop, stop, stop. We're still all here. Don't worry. The jailer gets saved. His entire family gets saved. And it's like this huge, amazing thing that takes place. It's awesome. Scholars believe that Paul visited Philippi a few times. Philippi became like his go-to place. It was like when, when, when there was some trouble in Corinth, Paul would go back to Philippi. He would use Philippi as like a base of operations because Lydia was so, uh, so wealthy and so generous to him. So all letters have an occasion, and the one that we're about to read uh, in Scripture rises out of this gift that the Philippian church had given to Paul to assist him on his mission. Um, A guy by the name of Epaphroditus, um, he was sent from Philippi with the gift, and by the time he arrived to Paul, he was really sick, and he almost dies. So he gets better. And then Paul writes this letter and is sending Epaphroditus back to Philippi to say, hey, Paul's doing well. This is a letter that he wrote. I'm, I'm much better. Thanks for your gift. And there's two other matters that are the reason for Paul to write this letter. Number one is the, the, the church is suffering from opposition of some kind. We're not actually sure what, what that is, but Paul identifies it. And there's some internal unrest of some sort. Not all is well inside the church of Philippi. Paul's situation, he's in prison. He's likely chained to a, a guard and it's, uh, he's behind bars. He is in chains. He, it's about, he's in Rome and it's, it's around about 62 AD at the time. Uh, the book of Philippians is a letter. It's called a letter of friendship. Uh, Paul didn't write a lot of letters of friendship. He actually wrote a lot of letters that were more apologetical. Um, uh, the, the letter that Paul writes to the Philippian church, he is, he, he's on equal standing with them. He's talking as a friend. He doesn't come to them as their overseer, as their leader. He's actually writing to them as a friend. 
which is really, really powerful. Uh, like 1 and 2 Corinthians and Galatians are Paul writing as their overseer, writing as their leader. Um, and so it's his friendship with the Philippian church that, is really, that really characterizes a lot of the language that you see here. Paul never refers to his authority. He never refers to the, the, to the fact that he's an apostle. In verse 1, it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. You'll notice that in uh, 1 and 2 Corinthians and Galatians, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. Paul's not trying to establish his leadership. He's trying to establish his friendship. He's just trying to establish that we're friends. Now, uh, the Philippians were being harassed by some kind of opponents. We know that we're starting to get a bit of a taste as to what that's like in, in this day and age. Um, there's a lot of opposition. And his encouragement in verse 27 to them is just to stand firm. We're going to look at that a little bit later. Uh, there's not a lot of Old Testament quotes in, in the book of Philippians. Um, Paul, in fact, does a lot of little Old Testament fragments. Um, the Gentiles in Philippi would have known the Old Testament pretty well. In fact, Gordon Fee says, to put it bluntly, we may rightly assume that these early Gentile believers knew the, the Old Testament infinitely better than most Christians do today. That makes me feel real good. Thanks, Gordon. Um, but for Paul, the primary importance in his life, and I love this about Paul, is the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus. Pastor Simo, I love how you presented the gospel earlier. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what gets us in. That's what gets us blessed and stoked. And that's what keeps us worshipping is this, the gospel of Jesus. And that's Paul's overarching concern in the whole scripture uh, is that they would have an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the point. And for Paul, friendship is not just a two-way thing. It's actually Christ is in the center. Christ is right in the middle. There's this three-way you know, relationship happening. It's never just Paul and the Philippians or Paul and Lydia uh, or Paul and Timothy. It's always Paul and Lydia and, and Christ or Paul and Timothy and Christ. Christ is always at the center for Paul, and I love that. All right, so that's the background. Everyone can wake up now. You're all good. I'll try and vary my, my tone uh, and my, my volume levels uh, repeatedly over this series so that you can all stay with me. Good. All right. Let's unpack it a little bit. Let's, let's go kind of uh, a couple of verses at a time, uh, and then we'll, we'll see how we go. We've got, we've got time. I'm good. Paul and Timothy, verse 1, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus Christ mentioned three times in two verses. That's so powerful because Paul is making Christ the center of his relationship with them. He's making Christ the most paramount, the most important element of their friendship. And it makes me wonder about my friendship, my friendships and my relationships and who's the most important person in my relationships and my friendships? And most of the time, it's me. And I wonder if you're anything like me. Because <clears throat> Paul is going, Christ is in the middle. Christ is in the middle. Christ is in the middle. And I keep going, I'm in the middle. No, no, it's about me. No, because no, I, I, I was offended, you know, or oh, this happened. And 
Paul's like, Christ is in the middle. It's about him. I wonder uh, how often you talk with your friends. I love what you're saying, Pastor Tim, about, you know, having some friends around for communion. Like, that's awesome. Like, I love uh, Brad and Jen's V group, and you guys have communion every week. That's awesome. It's like, it's like Christ is in the middle. Christ is in the middle. But too often for me, I'm in the middle. And I, I'm always thinking, well, how, well, they weren't thinking of me. Well, no, it's because generally everyone's thinking of them. But what if we started thinking about Christ first and me a little bit further down the, the chain? What does it look like to have Christ at the center of our friendships? Christ at the center of our marriage? Christ at the center of our family? What does that look like for you? I'm not going to answer all these questions. I'm just going to ask you them. <laughs> Let's go on. Verse 3 to 8. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers, I love this. For all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right. I love that. I love that he's like confirming how he feels. I love this. I need, I, need to, I need confirmation, Lord, on how I feel about things. That's me. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I, I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Because they're partnering with him in prayer, with money, with heart, with relationship. It's not just about, you know... Oh yeah, they've. Uh, he, he knows them. It's actually there's a there's a partnership happening with them. And then he says, uh, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. I think God wants to highlight a couple of things to us in our campus today, uh, and that is these these two things: affection and partnership. Affection and partnership, because this is not just a social club. But we want to be social. We want to, be, we, we, we want to have friends. You want to hang out. You want to do V groups and dinner parties and invite people around for coffee. And, you know, have you guys got any eggs? I'll be over soon. You know, that doesn't happen anymore. I need a cup of sugar. Why doesn't that happen anymore? And maybe it's because we all live so far away from each other. Half of you live up in Whoop Whoop and the other half live down here. And we're like, come on, you know, I'm not going to be ringing Rosalie for a cup of sugar. I'll be up in half an hour. <laughs> you know but maybe all you guys up in Maitland can can hang out a bit more I don't know and maybe all, all us down here can hang out a bit more right it's actually it's not just about affection it's also about partnership we want to have affection we want to have relationship friendship you should have friends in church if you don't have friends yet hang around love some people eventually you'll find yourself with this nice group or join a v group that's a great way to Make some friends. Real love makes a real difference. And it also advances the gospel, advances the kingdom. I just, I love, I love that Paul has his heart on full display right here. I love that he's not shying back right now. He's not using, you know, like just general terms. Look at him. He says, I have you in my heart. 
in verse 7. In verse 8, he says, I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. I've not seen that anywhere else in Scripture. I long for you. Or even even the terms, the affection of Christ, like, that's such strong words. Paul is, is, you know, like, you know when you're homesick? I was in Thailand a few weeks ago for a week, you know, with our pastors over there. And I was, every time I think about my family, I'm like, you know, and we had some stuff going on at home. And I'm like, oh, I miss my kids. I miss my crazy lads. I miss my wife. I miss my daughter. And, you know, emotions are always a bit more intensified when you're missing them, right? When they're away, when you're away from them. But Paul is here and he's revealing his heart. He's opening up his heart for them. You know, he's a bit gushy. He's a bit sentimental. He's a bit, you know, he's a bit emotional. But Paul, let's go back to them, us and me. Paul is revealing his heart for the Philippian church because of their their partnership and their relationship together. The Philippian church has already proven their love and their commitment and their partnership with Paul. And so, so we need to keep moving forwards in our affection and our partnership with each other. That's how you grow the church. You love people. Doesn't matter where they've come from or what they look like. We just love people. We embrace people. How do we do partnership better? How do we build the church together better? How, then how do I do this better? How can I be less about me and more about others? Right? That's a toughie. I'm not answering that one right now. Paul does give us a few quick keys, though. He says, be thankful for people in your life. He's like, I'm always thankful for you. He says, I pray, every time I pray for you, wow. Paul's, I mean, Paul's in chains, okay, fair call. But he's got a bit of time to pray. But I think we need to carve out more time in our schedules to pray for each other. Do you pray for your, your leaders? Do you pray for your, your V group leaders? Do you pray for the leaders of our nation, the leaders of our movement? Right? Do you pray for each other? Do you pray for your friends? You pray for your parents, your kids. We've got to pray for each other. And remember that we're partnering together. Back to verse 6, because I love this one. It's really powerful. Being confident of this. This is a good one to memorize. Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. How good is that? So powerful. And what I love about this is that it's like, Paul is reminding the Philippians, you're not alone. The Father is with you. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to forsake you. You're going through stuff, but keep going. Because the Father is close. You know, you might have done some wrong things. It's okay. The Father's still close. He's, he's going to carry what He started in you through to completion. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to write you off. He's not going to discard you. He loves you as his child, as his son, or as his daughter. You know, I just love this. There's this real anti-abandonment thing happening here. Even when I don't feel it or I don't see it, he's, he's moving. He's working. He's always moving. He's always working. He's always doing something. You know, there's that song we're about to do uh, called Waymaker. And I love, I love it in that song. It says, even when I don't see, even when I can't feel that God's moving or see that God's moving, He's still moving. 
He's still working. I love this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work, he's going to carry it through to completion. It's so good. My life's really about learning to partner with, with God, learning to partner with the Holy Spirit, partner with others and partner with him so that God can bring that thing through and bring me through to completion. All right, let's read uh, verses 9 to 11. We're moving at a good pace here, and you're all saying it. You're all, you're all giving me good eye contact. This is good. This is, this is a good start to the series. I like it. All right, I'm preaching four times in this series, and I'm like, yes, here we go. <clears throat> Verse 9, and this is my prayer. So Paul's revealing his prayer. He's been revealing to them what he's been praying for them. I love this. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is cool. So Paul's saying, you need to, I'm praying that you would abound in love. And the rest of the book, he's teaching them how to abound in love. So great. So when you're reading through Philippians this week, be like, all right, how is Paul teaching or showing them how to abound in love? Love it. The love he's talking about is agape love. I looked up the word, it's agape. Agape, the best way to describe agape love is this. It's the character of God. Agape love is how God loves. It's how He loves. Not how I choose to decide to love based on me in the middle of my relationships. No, no, no. It's how the Father loves us. So good. And so I need insight because Paul's saying here, in knowledge and depth of insight, I need insight. I need wisdom. I need to know how God loves me so that I can extend that love to other people, so that I can quickly forgive the person who flipped me off in traffic. I can, I can quickly forgive the person. I can quickly, you know, operate in compassion. I can quickly operate with grace and with mercy because that's how the Father loves, because that's how God loves. Agape love, it reveals the character of God. So he wants us to grow and abound in this kind of love. Not just eke it out sometimes when I'm having a good day, but on my worst day, I need to abound with his character, kind of falling out of my life on this natural, in this natural way. I love Paul's first reason here, so that you may be able to discern what is best. Not, not what is, you know, what, not what will do, not what will be okay for your life because God's purpose for your life is not just enough. It's not just getting you by. It is what is best, what is best for you, what is best for your family. I can't, I can't know and I can't see what, when, what is best when I'm operating in fear, right? When I'm operating with resentment, when I'm operating in hate, I can't, I, I can't know what is best. When I'm disconnected, when I'm, when I'm isolated, when I want to bring some revenge into the situation, I'm not seeing what's best, right? 
when I'm being stingy or I'm choosing not to forgive. When I'm selfish, I'm, I'm not seeing what is, what is best. But when I'm reflecting the character of God, when I'm operating in compassion, when I'm extending grace when I could withhold, you know, when I'm being merciful, when I'm operating with generosity and affection and I'm listening longer than I want to, I'm maintaining eye contact or I'm giving more than I want to, when I'm, when I'm laying down my life as a sacrifice to my wife, as I'm called to do, that's agape love. That's love. And when I'm working in that love, when I'm seeing with that love, then I can discern what is best. And then Paul talks about the fruit that comes from living and seeing and operating like that. and Because it's not just about, you know, having a great internal love thing going on and seeing what is best, but I also need to have the fruit that comes from that. I also need to have actions of love and conversations of kindness and gentleness and extending compassion to people. Having those conversations that free someone from the burden that they think they owe you. Right? Love always knows the best thing to do. We're getting there. Stay with me. Verse 12 to 14. We're gonna land, this is where we're going to land the plane today. Paul writes, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace garden to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, this is because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord. That's the opposite of what I would have thought. But that's what God does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. God enables us to operate in, in, in a way that we wouldn't normally. He enables us to operate with love when, we, when, we, when our flesh wants to get revenge. They're confident. Paul's in chains. He's been, he's been imprisoned because of his faith. have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more. Oh, I love that word, dare. Yeah, that's, that's cool. They're daring all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. <coughs> let, me just pull, let me just pull this whole thing together and then we're gonna wrap it up, all right? Paul is joining three principles in this moment. Thanksgiving, prayer, and joy. He's combining them all. And here's what's powerful, is that he's combining these three principles in a context of opposition. He's being prayerful, thankful, and joyful, despite being chained to this big burly guard right next to him with his, his arm half up, and now his shoulder's starting to hurt a little bit. And the guy has got super bad BO and chews with his mouth open, you know? And that would be like my worst nightmare. I can't move and this guy smells and he's driving me crazy. But Paul in this moment where he's, he's been, he's an unjust victim of his situation. 
He's an unjust victim. And, and you and I are going to go through situations and circumstances where we will be an unjust victim. But Paul is thriving on the inside. He's not dying. He's not letting his outside affect his inside. He, he goes to prison with Silas. He, he's letting his inside affect his outside so much that the whole prison gets shaken. Like, whoa, like your outside can be affected by what's going on inside. But if you let it, the inside can be affected by what's going on outside. But here's what I believe. You've got an unassailable place in you where the Holy Spirit dwells. It's called your spirit. You're not meant to live body first. You're not meant to live soul first. You're meant to live spirit first. So that I'm living from the inside out. So when a, when, a, when a thing happens on the outside of me and I become an unjust victim of something, actually, I don't react to that. I respond because I've already decided who I am. I've already decided what I have. And I've already decided how I am when crazy people come into my life or whatever, right? <clears throat> my outside experience doesn't need to dictate my inside experience, all right? Like we've just been the target of some, some crazy stuff from, Australia, from, a, from a current affair, right? Yeah, yay, what a great week it's been. But you know what's been good? Is all the, all the messages of support that you guys have been sending through. That's been awesome. And how we've been, been able to clarify certain things and, and, and been able to realize that maybe this is part of the new world. And maybe that's okay, because that's going to solidify us, not in our external experience, but in our internal experience. Because Paul in verse 27 says, stand firm. He's not, he doesn't correct their theology. He just says, stand firm. He just says, in this opposition that you're facing, you don't have to, you don't have to bring revenge. You don't have to stand with a placard and protest. You just, have to, you just have to stand firm in who you are, in who He is, and what He's done, and what He's doing. I mean, I, I was, I was, a great quote, I texted it to you uh, earlier, Kate, uh, from Eternity News, uh, who have a great, a great response to the uh, current affair thing uh, in regards to C3 just wanting all of your money. That's a, that's a, a thing, I hope that you don't think that. We just want 10% so that we can do more with it and you get blessed. Anyway, uh, Eternity News says, like other churches Eternity has looked at, C3 is pathetic in extracting cash from its followers. <laughs> how good is that? How good is that? So like, despite how they would angle it on, on national TV, we don't do that well at it anyway. Uh, <coughs> but here's the, here's the principle. If you hang around long enough and you do enough good and you bless enough people and you make a big enough difference, you're going to get opposition. It's just how it works. And so I don't want to adjust who I am because someone's opinion has changed. Right? I don't want to adjust how I do something because I'm copping flack. Because how I do it is based on truth and how it outworks in my life 
because he is good and I'm on a mission. All right? The Philippians were encountering some opposition as well. Standing firm means I stop submitting to what's outside of me and I keep submitting to him and the state that's inside of me. Yeah. How about we close? See, that wasn't too torturous. Was that good? All right. Come back next week. We're going to get into uh, the, next, the next section. I think it's like verse 15 to 26. I think that's the, that's the next section. Try and read Philippians every week for the next eight weeks. You'll be very blessed. Father, we just thank you so much that we don't have to live outside in but you have already given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. You've given us freedom and life, joy and peace, the ability to rest, even when we feel rushed, even when there's so much going on, even when we feel like we are the victim and we've been unjustly ridiculed attacked we know that you are for us and not against us we thank you for the internal place of peace with you thank you for relationship with you if you're going through opposition right now I just want you to lift your hand just got to just want to declare something over you if you're going through any opposition in any area of your life just lift your hand Yep, it's good. Anyone else? Yep, good, 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 right. God, right now, in Jesus' name, I just, just pray for the ability to stand firm. The courage to not react. The wisdom and the grace to know what to do. And for love to flow and be extended even still. In Jesus' name. We, um, we always want to give people the, the opportunity to invite Christ into their lives. And, uh, and if you're not walking with Jesus today, I just want to give you the opportunity to find out a little bit more and maybe make that step of faith in inviting Jesus into your life. And everything that we've been talking about is really, and the gospel that we've been talking about is really that Jesus came to earth because you were born to have relationship with Him. God created you to live an awesome life, to have relationship with Him. But sin separates us from God. And that's why the gospel is so awesome and so powerful is because Jesus came to earth to die on a cross as us and take our punishment for our sin. And that means that God can see you without that sin and can, you can have relationship with Him and eternal life in heaven. And it's the best news in the world. That's why we've been singing songs forever and a day and that's why there's going to be so much great music in heaven. <clears throat> it's going to be awesome. But if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord, as your personal Savior, as your personal friend, then we just want to invite you to start a journey with Him. 
So why don't we just close our eyes just for a quick second right now. If that's you, can you just give me a little wave? So I wanna, I wanna invite Jesus into my life. I wanna start a relationship with Him or maybe you've wandered away from God and you've realised, I need to come back to Christ today. I need to come back to Jesus. If that's you, just give me a little wave just before we close the service and I'll pray with you. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Simo. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.